So, you're hiring a software engineer. In Seattle and San Francisco, the tech industry is booming, with hundreds of new employees coming in at a rapid pace. Innovators, intellects, coders, and creators gather at the best and brightest companies to give their shot at contributing to the next big thing in the tech world. But who decides which people get to be a part of it all? The answer is the hiring managers. Welcome to Straight From The Source. I'm your host, Ella Alter. In this podcast, we interview all the executives who have the job of hiring software engineers in the cutthroat competition that is the tech industry. The hiring managers we talk to share their secrets, from creative approaches to closing new hires to effective communication with recruiting teams, and all the interview insights in between. From expert hiring managers to you, we get it straight from the source. Okay, so let's get started. We have Reese Wilson here with us today, Director of Engineering at Varsity Tutors. Before we get into some questions, Reese, would you like to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. Yeah, my name's Reese. Um, I am one of the engineering leaders here at Varsity Tutors. I am based in Seattle. Um, I have, uh, I guess, been in the software industry for about 25 years, uh, working as a senior software engineer at Walt Disney and Amazon, and uh, have been an engineering leader at at Disney and Amazon and Nordstrom, and about a year ago came over to work at Varsity, Um, and Varsity Tutors is a um, company that provides one-on-one tutoring to anyone who wants up with their learning. So we, we connect learners with experts and uh, really the focus is on helping students, uh, mostly uh, middle school, high school, and college students with um, help with their education. Awesome. Thank you. The first thing I wanted to go over with you was the ability to find and recognize talent. And I was wondering if you could share with us the top three most important traits you look for when hiring a software engineer. Yeah, well, I think uh, one of the most important things is that people are curious. Um, Just being intellectually curious is really important in the technology field. Things change so fast. Um, If you you learn a technology and just get very deep in that and are unwilling to kind of step outside of that. Um, most technologies seem to disappear after about 10 years or, or lose their, their relevance. So we really need people who are, who are curious um, and, and continually learning um, on their own and, and bringing ideas to work. Um, I'm also really looking for people who are, um, I guess not jerks is the way to say it. It's just that uh, there's a lot of very high-minded engineers out there who um, are very, I guess, proud of themselves and they, they really look down on other people. And I really want people who don't think of engineers as being above everyone else. Uh, some companies I've been at, things have been more that way and just we, we really need to um, partner really closely with the business and recognize that that every role is bringing a unique set of skills. Um, and let's see, what, what are the other things? Um, 
it, those are really the, the two that I focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and obviously just having the, the core skills that are required for the job, you know, just really, uh, really high quality engineering skills. How important are behavioral interview questions for you uh, compared to more technical questions when you're interviewing a software engineer? Yeah, so a, a lot of my questions end up being more um, behavioral, um, and I have the senior engineers on my team uh, dive more into the the engineering skills. But but I I usually ask them from a uh, I, I guess I I do ask technical questions and see how people respond to those um, it, and. Uh, but but even just the way they respond to like how they why they left their last job and and what they're looking for in their next role kind of can tell a lot about um, kind of their philosophy and, and their attitude about things. Do you have a favorite interview question? Um, I well actually one of the most telling questions for me is is what, why did you leave your last company? Um, I I like to. Uh, I, I don't know. There's, I get a lot of different answers to that, and I know it's not. Um, it, it's not necessarily a behavioral question, but it um, it shows like if if people blame their company for everything that maybe went wrong in, with their last role or why they left, um, and if there are people who are burning bridges on their way out. Um, tells a lot about about how they behave. Um, I also like, um, especially for 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 managers, is, is asking them how they've dealt with um, kind of problem employees. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that's also a question you can ask engineers: is is how they've dealt with, um, I guess, people problems at work, and and, and see how see where those end up because those will often give you clues into how people behave and um, whether they they will gel well with your team. Yeah, and that kind of leads into something else I wanted to talk to you about. So when you're in engineering management, um, team leadership and team building is obviously very important. So without directly placing a candidate into your current team for a few days, is there a way that you can kind of get a taste for how a candidate will fit in with your team and your company? And do you have any tips on how to measure that in an interview? Yeah, well, it's always a challenge when you have 45 minutes to an hour with someone to really know how they tick and, and how they will work. Um, obviously, people are are on their best behavior during an interview. So um, if there's any red flags that come up in an interview, that is, is usually um, a, a way to tell that you know something may not be um, things may not work out well with with your team. Um, you know, we we have a lot of people who just are um, very dismissive of questions um, or don't want to answer certain things. Um, and if this is how they are, you know, when they're behaving their best, how are they going to be once they've been on the job for a couple months and are, are really comfortable with you? Um, are they going to not have be transparent with you, you know, then and, and are they going to be pushing back against people in, 
kind of rude ways that aren't productive. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, something that is always changing in this industry is the importance of GPA and school of the candidates when you're hiring a software engineer. So do you notice a shift away from prioritizing top-tier education and perfect grades, or have you seen the opposite, and what's your stance on that? So uh, I, I don't care a lot about person's education, um, I, but it, it depends a little bit on, on kind of what the role is that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that more junior people need to have um, maybe more of an educational background because they don't have uh, the experience in the industry yet. So for me, once someone's been out for five years or so, if they've proven that they can develop software, um, I don't care if they have a software engineering degree or not, uh, or, or I guess I don't. I don't care so much about what um, school it's from. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want people who have have a solid background, um, but uh, if they're able to demonstrate in our interview process that they have all the skills and they have a really solid understanding of software engineering, um, that's really what matters, is if someone can deliver. There's lots of people who have great educational backgrounds that can't really apply that. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a pretty extensive background and track record in building successful engineering teams. So what would you say is your favorite part of building an engineering team and what's the most rewarding part? Um, well, for me, it's, um, I, I guess the most rewarding part is um, developing people and growing people, spending time with people and helping them kind of see uh, where, or I guess just, just helping people grow. Um, I, I tell people grow from software engineer, or like senior engineering roles up to director roles and just, just helping people um, see that they're capable of really getting to um, the upper levels in the organization and, and really taking their career a lot farther. I really would like to help people um, see that it's just not—it's not just about the engineering problem. It's about um, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, relationship issues and and, and just people problems that um, you really need to focus on is, is building those relationships, seeing things from the business person's point of view, um, just. As you kind of become more well-rounded, um, you can provide a lot more value to the company, and in doing so, your career can advance and, and you can achieve a lot more of your goals. Uh, I think a lot of people in the in the technology world focus so much on the technology problems and the technology solutions and kind of miss out on the people side of the equation. Yeah, that's really interesting. And something else that I wanted to talk to you about today was the importance of networking in today's you know, tech climate, especially in places like Seattle or San Francisco. So how important is it for software engineers to always be networking and meeting people? Yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, first off, it's really important that you don't burn bridges with, 
with previous companies and um, I guess just just people that you've worked with, it's important to just uh, continue to reach out to people that, that you've worked with, especially people that you respect and would like to work with or for again. Um, just keep those relationships. I, I, I think most of the jobs that I have had, um, I, I would say the, the majority of, of my, my recent roles have all been because of relationships that I've had and basically being high, you know, recruited over from people who I knew and trusted um, and who knew me. And it just, you know, there, there's a ton of jobs out there, but they're not all equal. And just coming in to a place where you already know a few people um, makes it much less stressful and, and much easier to hit the ground running because you already have a level of trust with some of the folks there and, and you have an inside scoop into how the company works. It's really hard to tell from the outside kind of what the politics are and, you know, is this team that I'm being recruited into, is it is it really a team that I want to work on? Um, people on the inside can really tell you if yes, this is this is the real deal or no, you wanna stay clear of, of that team. Right. So whether you are hiring a software engineer or someone in a management position, is there anything that really stands out to you in a resume? And this could be in a good way or a bad way. Yeah, so I would say for a software engineer, um, having a lot of different technologies under your belt um, is really positive. To me, I like to see people who, who don't just know one programming language, and it doesn't have to be that you've um, that you have a lot of working experience with a second or third programming language or or other technology, but you know that that maybe outside of work you you've picked up a few other things. So that really shows the intellectual curiosity. I guess one of the things that I guess is more of a negative for me is when people have a lot of different positions on their resume where they've been moving around every six months to 18 months, uh, because that that really shows that you haven't had a lot of time at a company to really build out um, kind of large software s- systems, really get to understand how everything works, and then maintain it and deal with your code, you know, a year or two, year and a half later, and make sure that it's still maintainable. Um, I see a lot of people who kind of just, uh, jump around from contract to contract, and um, what I found is that those people will continue that pattern, and so they won't um, they won't be with us for very long. And so it's really hard for me to want to invest in those folks. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And something that we've noticed is that that seems to just be an ever increasing trend. I think, especially among millennials, it's very common for them to not stay with one company. So is that something that you've been seeing more of? Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, at, at the same time, I I haven't necessarily been with companies for for years and years. I, I was at Amazon for six years, and then after that, I've been at a couple of companies for two and a half to three and a half years. Um, I I would recommend that people move around every two and a half to five years because. Um, 
you don't want your skills to become stagnant and moving to a new company where you can learn new things is a great way to to keep engaged and keep learning new things but yeah i there's definitely a lot of um people who are on these short-term contracts and those are not in in my opinion a great uh career strategy to end our podcast, we have a special segment that we do um, called Disasters and Highlights. And so for this segment, we ask hiring managers to name one of the biggest hiring disasters they faced and then one of the biggest highlights or successes. So do you have any disasters that stick out to you? Um, yeah, I guess um, I, I, I would say that the biggest hiring disaster for me was was hiring someone who, uh, who there were some red flags in our interview process around um, being super arrogant um, and uh, being more aggressive than than we liked. I guess then sorry than than what our team was usually hiring for, but um, we kind of talked ourselves. Um, into hiring that person because they had such great technical skills. Um, and that just ends up being a management nightmare. You just spend so much time with that person trying to change their behavior. Um, it's actually much easier to improve someone's technical skills um, than to change the people behavior in general. And so me letting my team talk me into hiring <laughs> this person just uh, ended up being a disaster for me and taking so much of my time trying to manage that person up to the level that they needed to be at. And so the other part was a highlight. Yeah, and the next part was um, any great successes or highlights that stick out to you? Um, yeah, so yeah, obviously there's been a lot of good hires that we've all made. Um, but I guess what I would call out as as a highlight, not a particular person, but um, is is hiring people straight out of college, um, especially at Amazon when we were doing that. That is where we basically got a lot of our future engineers and, and people who didn't have experience right out of the gate, but they were energetic, they were very intellectually curious, and they showed um, just a great drive and, and wanting to learn and and these people who were fresh out of school were not pushing back against certain projects that they felt like they were above certain projects. They were just going in there helping the team. And to me, that's been a big, I guess, highlight for me is, is hiring junior folks. I think that there's a lot of um, desire by engineering leaders to only hire senior folks uh, because they have the experience and they're, they're going to be great. But um, most of us who have been around a while come with some baggage as well. And so there's, there's pros and cons. And I think you really need a good mixture of people with really good experience and with people who are um, energetic and maybe more naive and are willing just to go and, and tackle the world's problems. And I think that's what uh, builds a great team. 
this has been great. We learned a lot and we really appreciate you coming on. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to Straight From The Source. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. We want to know what you think. See you next time.